Welcome to Keep It Real with Anna and Avery. Today we have a very important guest on the show, second baseman for the Kansas City Royals, Michael Massey. Michael, thanks so much for joining. I don't know if important is the right word, (laughs) but uh, thank you guys for having me on. Of course. Well, you're down in Surprise, Arizona for spring training. Michael, what's the day-to-day like right now for you guys? Um, Yeah, just kind of getting into the the flow and and getting back on a routine. Um, We're getting in like 7, 7.30 and just kind of going through some light workouts, some light, you know, individual defensive work, uh, bunt plays, pop-up, you know, pop-up communication, just all the the fundamental stuff. And then um, usually we finish our day with like live BPs. We've been doing pitcher versus hitter. So uh, just kind of taking it easy. And uh, as we head into the first game here on uh, on Friday. More importantly, how's the weather? Uh, not good today. Really? I'm looking, I'm in my car right now. My car it's and it's three fifteen, So it's the warmest part of the day. It's just 57. Oof. Um, yeah, this morning was like probably 45 and like 50 mile an hour winds. Oh, uh, yeah. And it's, it was cloudy. So it's, it's been inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Has there was it, a hailstorm the other night. So oh. has it been nice while you guys have been down there yet? Not really. Like wow. it, it kind of flip flops. Like one day it's like forty five or fifty. The next day seventy and sunny, and then we're right back to fifty and windy. So they're getting ready. Uh, for uh, yeah. Kansas yeah, City weather, we're getting, we're getting yeah. ready for opening day. Yeah. yeah, you are. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Should we take some bets on the opening day weather? Are we gonna have snow? It could be seventy degrees. It could be twenty. I feel like growing up a Kansas City fan, there'd be days where we'd have a great opening day, mm-hmm. and then we get. Three weeks in April, snow day, yeah. snow game. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, Michael, you know it growing up in Chicago as well. I know, Avery, you wanted to bring up um, some of that college life as well in the yeah. Woodbat Leagues and everything like that. Yeah. Going to Illinois, we obviously know that your dad played there and a lot of your family was there, but what was that college experience like for you? And, you know, we're in Big Ten territory, so being a part of the Big Ten and competing for a school, that meant so much to you and your family. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, it, it was certainly a place that I've wanted to, you know, wanted to go since I've been born. Um, you know, you mentioned my dad going there and it was, he's, he's been my biggest role model, um, you know, through my whole life. And, and he was my coach growing up. So, uh, you know, we were kind of on this, this baseball journey together and, and I thought it'd be really, really cool to wear the same uniform and play the same position um, that he did back in the eighties. So that was a, a huge uh, reason why I wanted to go there. And, uh, you know, once I got there, I really enjoyed my time, made a, made a lot of really good friends, um, got, you know, had a, had a ton of, of good coaching and uh, good competition in the Big Ten that I felt like really prepared me for professional baseball. So um, and the education was OK, too. That's that's <laughs> the last part for me. But, um, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed my time there. And, uh, yeah, nothing but good things. You talk about preparation. I wanted to hit on this real quick because I don't know if people truly know what goes into a summer baseball league truly and you were in the Northwoods but you're also in Cape Cod as well how much do you think those summer leagues prepare you for what you're experiencing now because or maybe just speak to what a summer baseball league is like because I don't know if other people know what the grind of those leagues really means yeah no that's a great point um it the Cape is a little less of a grind in the sense of it's only 40 something games um over the summer, so you get a few more off days. The Northwoods, though, is like 75 games. Or right. I think it's 73 games in 75 days. Um, 
which to me it brings me back to my days in Burlington and rookie ball. Um, it's just it, I think it, it's one of the best things in college to prepare you for for the minor leagues, especially um, you know long bus trips. You're getting in late, maybe not staying in the greatest hotels, um, and you still kind of got to find a way mentally to be to be locked in from from pitch one all the way to the end, and then do it again the next day. So um, yeah, I thought I thought it was really crucial to play in those leagues, not only for the competition. Um, but also to kind of get that routine of what a, a professional baseball season is like, right. um, you know, that way in, in Berlin, when I was in Burlington, I felt like I had some practice at it already. Yeah. Not to mention you're staying usually with, you know, like a billet family situation. Also, I think the cool thing about these summer leagues is you're playing with players from like all over the country. Did you get to share a Jersey or uniform with anyone that was kind of an idol like situation or like a big shot? playing college? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, I can't think of one that, uh, that comes to mind. Actually, one of them wasn't on my team, but he's with us now in Kansas city, a kid named TJ Sykema, who we got in a trade, um, who uh, he pitched at Missouri. And I think he, I've faced him probably six or seven times. I think he struck me out on three pitches every <laughs> single time I faced him. So, uh, good addition to the yeah, team. I got to right. face him. Yeah. I, well, we faced him, my freshman year down in Corpus Christi, uh, it was like a little round robin, and we, we played Missouri, and I think I was 0 for 3 with three strikeouts. Uh, and I hit the back. I was 1 for 4. I hit my first college home run, not off of him. Oh. And then he came in the game, and I think I saw nine pitches and, and struck out three times. So um, I got to face him, unfortunately, quite a bit in the Cape, and it wasn't any better for me. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, not, not at the time, but it was really cool to – you know, everyone there knows that those are the best players in the country. Right. And to, again, speaking about getting prepared for professional baseball, to be able to go out there every day and, and play against the best and have to face the best and um, have to perform against the best. Um, it it kind of puts you uh, in a different level mentally um, or on a different level mentally. So, um, yeah, that, that league was was really important, I think, for my development. And you climbed up the minor league ladder fairly quickly in comparison to a lot of other careers of guys that, you know, are, are on that five to ten year, up to ten year grind in the minor leagues. Michael, for you, what was it like going through all of those systems and having to move up the ranks into Omaha and then finally get that call up? What was that whole process like? Yeah, no, that was uh, just extremely blessed, to, um, to be honest. I mean, I just, I, I show up every day and I try not to have expectations. I try not to think I should be somewhere or, uh, you know, the, the best advice I've gotten in pro balls is, is don't play GM. Don't, don't try to be someone who thinks you should be in double A when you're in high A or be in triple A or the big leagues. Um, so I, I kind of took that to heart. And, and the one thing I really try to focus on is no expectations and uh, high standards. So, you know, not having expectations, but going in every day and trying to do the things that I know are going to help me have success, um, you know, over the long haul and, I uh, try to do those every day the best I can. And, you know, whatever level I fall at is, is where I fall. So, uh, you know, luckily that's that's gotten me to the big leagues quick and hopefully it'll keep me there for a long time. Definitely. What was your moment getting that call up? Every guy's uh, it's it's different for every guy and how they get told that their their big league dreams are coming true. Yeah, it was it was a bit different uh, in the sense that we got called up. There was like 10 of us that got called up in mm-hmm. Toronto. So um, it was actually after trying to think it was a Sunday in Omaha. Um, I actually, I asked for the day off cause I'd played like 50 something games in a row. So my legs were killing me. So I knew we had an off day on Monday. So I like mentioned to Thor, I was like, Hey, 
like, uh, you know, is it, is it possible for me to get a, a break on, on Sunday? And he's like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And he called me into his office after the game. And I'm like, Oh no, like he's probably gonna tell me how soft I am for asking for an off day. And he, he was like, Hey, how are those, how are those legs feeling? I'm like, yeah, they're, they're a lot better after today. And he's like, good. they're going to need you, you know, on Thursday night in Toronto. So, um, it was, it was a cool moment for sure. Wow, uh, something, cool. something everyone, everyone dreams of, uh, of growing up. So to, to have that in my memory bank is an actual memory is, is really cool. Mm-hmm. So did you hop on a flight that night? Or- no, no, we actually got that. So that was Sunday. Um, it was kind of tricky because of the COVID stuff. So mm. the team the the or the Royals were playing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in Kansas city. So we actually, the like eight or 10 of us, like I called up, drove to Kansas city on Monday and worked out at the youth Academy for uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And then we chartered to Toronto on Wednesday night. Wow. And I remember that series just watching from a fan perspective and seeing all the younger guys come up and show out and have amazing games. And I remember just the energy afterwards and seeing all the young guys get the hits and the home runs and Nikki Lopez giving you guys love after the game um, in the postgame locker room and everything like that. What was the rejuvenation of that team in that clubhouse once I mean, you, Nick Prado, MJ Melendez, all those guys started getting up to the big leagues and getting their feet wet. Nate Eaton as well. Yeah, I think it was kind of, it was give and take. It was like, you know what? I think we, the, the young guys brought a really good energy and, and an excitement um, to the team. And then obviously being a young guy, there's there's some stupidity that comes with that too and some naiveness. So just not, uh, I think I just made up a word, but um just you know having those older guys to lean on for uh for experience as well so it i thought it was a great mix so again we brought the energy um and those guys kind of tamed them back and said hey we got a we got a long season here to finish so um but the the, the, i can't say enough about the veterans on this team and kind of how they helped lead us and and help uh, helped us get acclimated to the the big leagues jumping in back to where you guys are right now this is relatively a young team a lot of new staff a lot of turnover. There are some veterans you guys get to look up to, but how would you say the energy and the mojo is of this team right now, knowing it's a, basically a new core taking on this season? Yeah. Um, you know, I think just, again, kind of that whole no expectation thing. I think just we know, you know, we have guys in this clubhouse who have won World Series before. You know, you got Sal, you got Matt Duffy's in this clubhouse, Matt Beatty's in this clubhouse, Zach Granke's in this clubhouse. So, there's a lot of guys who have been there and, and done that before. And, um, you know, I think as a young guy, just doing the best I can to, to see what they're doing and follow their lead. And, um, and, and, you know, like you guys mentioned before, bring my own energy too. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're all professionals, you know, whether you're, you're 24 or 25 or, you know, at the tail end of your career at 38 or 40. So, um, you know, our job is, is to do the same thing. We're, we're expected to go out there and win and, um, you know, we got to make sure that we're doing things every day uh, to, to take care of that. And it's a new era of Royals baseball with the new manager taking over, Matt Cotrero. What's been your first impression of him? <laughs> uh, I Q definitely doesn't take himself too seriously. He's a, he's a funny guy. Um, you know, I, I think he's going to be really, really good for us. And um, just a good, again, you, you talk about energy. I know it's kind of been redundant, but just good energy and, and really allows everyone to be themselves. Um, you know, which I think is really, really important over a 162 game season that, uh, you know, the truth is going to come out eventually. So, uh, if you can get comfortable with the guys in the clubhouse and, and the staff, um, 
you know, and, and communicate really well, I think it's going to take care of uh, a lot of a lot of clubhouse problems that that could come up, um, and you get out ahead of that stuff. You say that's redundant, but I think as a Kansas City Royals fan, that's exactly what people want to hear is that there's, you know, a lot of energy, especially from a core of guys that you guys have spent a little bit of time, you know, in double A or at Omaha together. Because when you think back to that 2014, 2015 team, those are the core guys that made their way up the ranks together and Royals fans taste a little bit of success in those two years. And what it was based on was that energy, right? And everyone loved Mm -hmm. the youthfulness of them. How would you think or I guess even where have you even seen that core of you guys grow, even in just the short season that you guys got to experience with the Royals last year? I think it's in our attitude and our approach to the game, Um, you know, in the sense of you come up and and you kind of have this excuse of being a young guy. And so maybe you don't have that expectation on you from everyone that you have to perform because you're getting acclimated and, um, you know, not to say that we're veterans by any means, but, I think just, again, that idea, and, and Q mentioned it as well, just we're all professionals. And, um, you know, and I think that's been big for us young guys to hear and just say, you know what, like we're here for a reason. And, yeah, we are young and, and we're going to play against teams that have a lot more experience than us. But um, we've been playing baseball for a long time, too. And so uh, just going out there, bringing that energy, um, that's our edge. And just understanding that that could be our edge over you know, maybe an older team, maybe they got more experience, but they don't have the same energy that we have or the same camaraderie that we have. So um, I think just trying to find those competitive edges um, on a baseball field, because there's, they're always out there. Um, you know, Aggie our, our infield coaches uh, has already talked about, you know, the, the importance of winning one run games, you know, and just in, in how many one run games you're in, in the big leagues. And so just that skill of, of learning how to win and, and learning how to play in tight games is, is going to be something um, that I think we're going to focus on a lot. And I think it's going to be really important uh, for us to really learn how to do that. A guy I want to ask about who just never will talk about himself, Bobby Wood Jr. And just his impact on you guys. I feel like he kind of is one of the model professionals at what he does. He's a routine guy. He comes in every day. He says the same thing every single time. What have you learned from Bobby and just watching him do his thing? Exactly what he just said. He's the same guy every day. And, um, you know, speaking of, of guys that are young, but act like they're, you know, they've been doing it for a long time. That's Bobby in a, in a nutshell. Um, he's fun to watch. He's fun to watch just from his talent. But again, like you said, from the way he handles his business and the way he conducts interviews, the way he, uh, you know, talks to guys and leads around the clubhouse. So, um, just the little things with him, you know, he just, he, he does everything right. And, uh, he's a, he's a really good dude. He's, he's a great player. And, Again, it sounds cliche. He's a great player, but he's a better guy off the field. So, um, and that's that's not a lie. Um, that's that's the truth. A guy that will talk about himself, Vinny Pasquantino. You guys have a <laughs> have some like internet beef. I know it's not real, but um, Joel Goldberg did an interview with you, and you said he had the worst style on the team. Vinny comes back and he's like, "Well, that's because I'm so confident in myself." What what, what was your take on that, and how Vinny claps back all the time? Yeah, well, I. I told myself at the beginning of spring training that I just wasn't going to get involved this year. I wasn't going to get involved in any games. Um, I was going to you know, keep my focus and stay out of it. And then, of course, Joel drags me into the interview and he asked the million dollar question of who's the worst dressed. And it just like came out like it was just it was so natural for me to say his name when that question came up. Um, so he, he defended himself. I don't want to talk too much smack about him when he's not here because we'll uh, I don't it. know how he's going to take that. But uh <laughs> 
I, I will say, I mean, the bucket hat. I mean, what are we doing, girls? The bucket yeah. hat to a waste management open. That's tough luck. Yeah. The bucket's and back. Did sure, Nikki wear one too? I'm pretty sure Nikki Lopez had one on. Yeah, but it's Nikki. Nikki looks good in anything. Nah, Nikki, he, like, he's got, got swag. Yeah, he's got yeah, swag so for to, sure. To each their own. Yeah. To each their own. Nikki's got swag. Like, I think Vinny, like, one of his buttons, I think, was like off level. You know what I'm oh, saying? No. Like, the, like yeah. you know how you're supposed to match them up? I think one of them was off. So, like, the shirt at the bottom was kind of pulling up. Well, he was at waste management, yeah, I, you know. Yeah, yeah, he was living free. Yeah, y- yeah. I mean, I don't. Yeah. He's probably drinking waters the whole day. But. Mm-hmm. And he's a Jets fan. To make matters worse, <laughs> how how much fun? Yeah. How, how much fun is the off the field stuff in Arizona? I know it's a lot of work, but this is the time where that team gets to know each other and just, I think, not take things so seriously because it's a mm-hmm. it's a tough stretch that starts pretty soon. What what keeps you guys loose and having fun down there right now? Yeah, I mean, like I think I said, you know, earlier, just being ourselves, um, you know, and I think that that's one of the benefits of playing with guys for so long is you just get so comfortable with them uh, that you're not afraid to be yourself and you don't feel like you got to hide anything. So uh, to be honest with you, what you see on the field and what you see in interviews, what you see in the clubhouse is exactly what we are. If we were to go out to eat, you know, together or hang out at somebody's house, it's, it's, it's natural. It's authentic. Um, you know, and I know that that's something I'm big on. I know Benny's big on that with his Twitter, you know, just letting people know who he is. And um, I think that's a really good thing. I think it helps get, you know, get fans involved. And, um, and again, like, it's not fake. It's real. It's, it's literally who he is. It's who Bobby is. It's, there's no, no fake personalities that I've come across yet. So um, I think that's one of the coolest things about our clubhouse. Um, another fun guy in your clubhouse, Zach Grinky. There's so many stories that come out about this guy. Um, I think he's hilarious and he's such a pro at what he does. And I love that he's come back to the Royals for one more year. I mean, like run it back, Zach. I absolutely love this. What have you learned from Zach Grinky? Does he like say much to you guys, the younger, younger guys on the team? Like what kind of sentiment does he pass down to, to all the youth? Um, I think just how calm Zach is, is personally, again, I can't speak for other guys, but 162 games plus potential playoffs, you know, plus spring training. It's a long season, um, you know, and so just to kind of watch a guy who's been through it, you know, I think this is his 19th or 20th season. So obviously he's been doing something right to be able to sustain that grind of a season for that long. Um, so to me, it, it's a it's less about what he says and more about let me just watch this guy and see how he's been able to sustain himself for this long and I think that that's been really important for, you know, you talk about how the young group of guys can learn and develop just watching guys like that. And that's why I think it's so important to have those veterans around because we don't know everything, you know, young guys, we, we just haven't been through it. You don't know what you don't know. Um, and so to have guys who have been there, done that, um, you know, Zach doing it 20 times is, is just incredible. So, um, yeah, I think the, the, just how calm he is and, and relaxed he is and, uh, focused on his craft. You know, he's con- He's not worried about what people are saying about him. He's not worried about trying to impress anybody. Um, he's just strictly focused on how he can get guys out, how he can help us win. So um, as, as a young guy, that's that's something I've definitely taken from him. We have some fun stuff coming up, but before we hit the season, what was your biggest points of development from last season to this season as you gear up for just the competitive season, like you said, it will be and how long it gets? Yeah, I think, um, you know, obviously that'll be something I try to work on, you know, during the season is just trying to stay as calm as, as some of those older guys are and, and not be, you know, up and down so much. And, 
you know, for me at this point in my career, everything to be, you know, to be completely honest, uh, and answer your question. Um, you know, I need, I hit 240 last year, so I got work to do on my swing. Um, you know, I didn't cover as much range as, as I think I'm capable of doing. So working with Aggie and, and working on my first step quickness and, and my hands and, um, you know, trying to, trying to get my arm stronger and the ball to spin more efficiently. So it's got better carry. Um, you know, so I think every aspect of my game, I can certainly improve on, um, to give you one specific one probably would be my range at second base with the shift going away. Yeah. Um, that was a big one for me of just trying to make sure I'm getting better reads off the bat. That's something I'm really working on down here in batting practice and, and in drill work is just being able to cover more ground out there and, and, uh, you know, hopefully take away some hits for uh, for our pitchers. I'm glad you brought up the new rules because I want to ask you about them. So we've got no shift this year, a pitch clock in bigger bases, just breaking them down individually, first with the shift. How big of a difference will that be as a second baseman? It, I think that's going to be one of the positions that affects the most um, is, is not being able to play in the grass. But personally, I, I don't mind the rule because I think the shift put second baseman at times in a bit of a awkward spot um you know with with making a double play turn or uh getting the ball off the grass um you know and having to make a longer throw than than a second baseman is used to so um you know i i think part of it too though is like i said earlier we're all professionals and and it's kind of part of our job so um i don't have like a, a huge opinion on on whether i liked it or didn't like it it's just it's my job to adapt and adjust to it and um you know aggie's been doing a great job with with helping us through that and mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't really see it being a huge difference one way or the other. Um, you know, I think I might be able to sneak a few more hits when I roll over the ball to right field, which will be nice. Uh, and it's not going to be so frustrating anymore to hit a line drive up the middle past the pitcher and have it go right to the shortstop. Mm-hmm. So right. that's the craziest part is that's a good swing your whole life. Like everyone always tells you hit a line drive up the middle. And, you know, for the last couple of years, you hit a line drive up the middle and you're out. So, right. uh, It'll be nice to, to get a few base hits to center field, hopefully. And then the pitch clock. So it's 20 seconds with no yeah, no runners on base. Or no, 20 seconds with the runner on base and then 15, 15 seconds with no runners on. Have you guys worked on implementing the pitch clock with just your live ABs and practices? Yeah, they, they have like a, a almost like a if you went to like a grade school basketball game, you know, they have like those little like digital clocks that yeah. are running. Uh, they put one of those behind each field uh, for the live at bat. So we've been working on that. I mean, for coming from the minor leagues last year, I'm pretty used to it because right. we did it in in double A AA and triple A. So um, you know, I've never been a guy that like steps out and adjusts the batting gloves and calls time. So for me, I like that one because it it keeps some relief pitchers from tapping their foot 27 times and <laughs> stepping off the mound. Then so. Uh, yeah, I, I like that rule a lot, personally. And because just like fans don't want to watch four-and-a-half-hour games, we've said it on this interview. There's 162 games plus playoffs plus spring training. Players don't want to play four-and-a-half-hour games. We'll do it if we have to, but I think we'd all prefer to be out of there in three-and-a-half hours, too, um, just to you know cut down on some of that wear and tear. Right, and that's the movement with getting people and yeah. raising the awareness of MLB and how they're trying to shorten the games a little bit so we have better attendance and better viewership. Um, the last point that they'll uh, change this year, bigger bases, so I believe it's 15 to 18 inches now. So there, it's like quite quite a bit of a difference. What was your reaction to the bigger bases? We also saw that in the minor leagues as well, so you've gotten a taste of it. 
um, but just your thoughts on the bigger bases as well. Yeah, I'm calling them pizza boxes because uh, that's what they the large pizza box. But um, yeah, then that's an interesting one because that's very subtle. Like it's it's um, it's going to be hard to see that one. But that's like as a middle infielder, like when a guy steals and being able to put a tag down on him, that guy having three extra inches right. of that surface area to get his hand in there, um, you know. And, and then obviously, I think the I think the main reason they were implemented was for first baseman to not have to go into that 45 foot lane and, and get hit like mm-hmm. on the ground ball. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, again, as a hitter, it's all, I got more opportunities to hit a soft ground ball to the first baseman and have it hit the bag and pop over his head, which is always nice. So uh, I, I, yeah, that, that one, like I said, it's just going to be an interesting, I, I don't really know where that's going to show up, but I guess we'll find out together. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll see the pizza boxes out there. Pizza yeah, delivery man yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, let's move over to some fun questions to wrap up the interview. So we have some superlative types and we want to assign a teammate of yours to them. So we'll give you the prompt and then let us know who you think would fit this the best. Are you ready, Michael? Thank you for explaining that because I had no idea what superlative meant because I'm, like I said, high school superlatives. It was the last thing on my mind. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, uh, you didn't get a superlative thank you. Thank in high school? You for, I, yeah, I still don't know what you're talking about, but thank you for explaining it's, that. It's like a fun award that's not legit, you know? It's like class clown, okay. stuff like that. That's what a superlative is. Okay. Michael thank Bassey, you. learning new things on our show every day. All right. <laughs> First question. If you had to pick one player on the team to give you a tattoo, who would you pick? Um, man, uh, Nikki Lopez. Why? Yeah, Nick, just because he's got confidence. He's got, like, Nicky's the type of guy that can pick something new up. And whether he actually knows it or not, he's just going to act like he does. And I, I appreciate that. And I would definitely want that if if he was going to put some ink on my body. So you don't think he'd give you anything bad? I mean, he might, but I <laughs> I would feel comfortable in the chair. <laughs> Who would you never let pick that tattoo? I think we know this one. Who would I never let pick it? Yeah, mm-hmm. just pick it. Oh, Vinny. <laughs> I mean, that was I. I could have said that for you, honestly. Yeah. What, what do you think yeah. he would pick? Like a Jets logo. Yeah, probably. Oh, devastating. Like mm-hmm. Zach, he'd probably make me get like Wilson, Zach Wilson tattooed across like my upper back or something like that. That's amazing. Pickiest eater on the team. Pickiest eater on the team. Uh, Drew Waters. Really? Yeah, I don't have a specific example, but. I just, I, it, I don't know. It's one of those things you just look at Drew and you go, that guy's a picky eater. Yeah. Well, while we're we're on the food topic real quick, best place to get food in Kansas City? Uh, Graham and Dunn. Really? Yeah. I had it actually, I I didn't have it during the season, but I was back for a Chiefs game and uh, I was able to get there with my girlfriend and it was, it was really good. Yeah. Good pick. Okay. One more. Best barbecue. Uh, Kansas City Joe's. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good fries. Good fries. Is that, that's like the, yeah, like the gas, gas station, station one, right? Oh, yep. yeah. 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 I texted Zoomy. I was in town again. I did this when I think it was in the minors. I was in town and I texted Zoomy. I'm like, where's the best spot for barbecue? And he goes, KC Joe's. And so I pulled up oh, yeah. and I'm like, I texted him. Like, did you send us to a gas station? Yeah. Like, what kind of person are you? And he was like, just go inside. Just go. 
So we went, yeah, Just trust and it me. was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. I love that. All right. I also have a hunch of who this is going to be. Who has the best style on the team? Best pregame outfits. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're going to go right back to Nikki. Yeah. I was going to say Nikki. Okay. Take yeah. Nikki out of the equation. Cause he's like a fashionista. Okay. Yeah. That's a fair question. Um, Man, best pregame outfits. Um, well, like best in like the the swaggiest look, or like just the funniest. You could do both. I mean, because Vinny is definitely the funniest because mm-hmm. he'll walk in in a bucket hat one day, and then the next day he's got like Neiman Marcus brand. Like it, it's just like unbelievable that the the variety that he gives you. But um, man, who's a good dresser on the team? It's kind of you know, we're kind of a plain playing group of guys like i kind of like doja style i respect doge it's just simple mm-hmm. um very like texas bobby's kind of the same as doge so it's kind of like a it's subtle that's why nikki i think stands out so much is yeah. when nikki walks in it's like whoa and then when Vinny walks in you're like whoa were the lights on <laughs> <laughs> he's wearing a michael a tater uh, shirt yeah that yeah. was hilarious no, that was a good one did yeah. did illinois ever happen to play creighton when you were there, even if Nikki like wasn't around, do you remember? No, no. I was curious no, if there's any uh, smack that goes back and forth there. You definitely no, played Nebraska so. though. Yeah, yeah. You probably yeah. beat Nebraska. Nikki and I get along. Yeah, Nikki and I get along very well. There's no smack talking that. Nikki he's from he's from uh, Illinois though too. Yeah, he's from yeah. Chicago area. So we talk. We we're we're on the same side against Vinny with the Bears. Okay, love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, so it's nice to kind of team up on on him there. Do me and Anna were discussing this before the show. Where's the first pick in the draft going for you for the Bears? For the Bears, if if you guys get um, number one or number two. Yeah, so a few things on this: they should definitely not trade Justin Fields because mm-hmm. uh, knowing the Chicago Bears' luck, they would trade Fields. He would become an MVP, and then we would have to live with not taking Mahomes and trading an MVP. Um, right. So they should keep, they should keep fields. Um, and I think they'll trade it back. I don't know where, like the Colts kind of seem like an obvious one at mm-hmm. four at number four, cause they need a quarterback. Um, I'm a big believer in offense. So I hope they take either a receiver or an offensive lineman. Yep. Um, I'm a, I don't think you, the Bears always like to build up their defense, but it's like you're never going to stop a guy like Patrick Mahomes, no matter how good your defense is. The only way you can stay in the game or potentially beat them is to keep scoring with them. Exactly. So you need an, you need an offense to be able to do that, which the Bears don't really have um, at the moment. So, yeah, I hope I hope they trade it back, get some picks, and then I hope they take some offensive players. Have you converted to a Chiefs fan lately? Yeah, I mean, I got to be honest on this one. I know people probably want me to lie and say I have. I haven't. Yeah, um, that's fair. Good for I you. Just, I got to be honest. Um, I, I'm too diehard of a Bears fan. Uh, as dumb as that may sound. No, no, no. Loyal. Uh, loyal. Am, we get it. Yeah, I am a loyal fan. So, I, you know, certainly they're number two. Um, but, yeah, I think the, the Bears are still. Right. Uh, if the Chiefs are playing, you'll root for them. But if the Bears are playing, you're, you're going Chicago. Exactly. That, that's a simple way to put it. I'm a, I'm a Vikings fan, Michael. So, see, I There's don't that. worry about you because we. I don't worry about you either. I, I like the Bears. I don't mind the Bears whatsoever. Do you? I just hate well, the Packers. I was gonna say we could probably have one thing yeah, in common, and it's that we hate the yep. Packers. But always. 
Don't mind the Lions. They don't <laughs> mind the Bears. Just not a not a Packers fan, not an Aaron Rodgers fan, and we're good to go. I'll be curious to see what they do with Rodgers. Yeah, they might. They he might him. go to the Jets. Uh oh. Vinny might like Ugh. ruin your life. That would be the, yeah. That would be the worst. Back to baseball here. Best seeds flavor. Um. Oh shoot! The Parmesan Ranch. Ooh, interesting. Mm. Never tried. Gotta get creative. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you guys have so many something. There are seeds. so many out there lately. Yeah. I've seen this question yeah. on like Instagram stories or like ask players stuff, and like I've never heard some of these out here. Oh, they've got some wild flavors mm-hmm. nowadays. You're gonna dog yeah. out every day. I think that one's from the. That was like it was like Parmesan. I think it was Parmesan Ranch. It was Parmesan something. Um, it's the Chinooks brand. It's the one mm. that Bobby's on. Yep, yeah, I've yep. seen that. Yeah, Bobby's sponsored. Well, he's Bobby was joking around the other day. Apparently, USA Baseball just like they uh, got a deal with Chinooks seeds for mm-hmm. the World Baseball Classic. So he's like, Mike Trout's going to be grabbing my face of seeds. That's hilarious. Dugout, which That's I, funny. Yeah, which I thought was pretty cool. I didn't know he had his he has his face on face. the bag of sunflower seeds. Yeah. That is cool. He's like, the, he's like their guy. Yeah, he's like Chinook's guy. Good for them. Hopping on early, I guess. Mike Trout's like, who's this yeah. guy who's on the bag? <laughs> Just kidding. Everyone knows who Bobby Wood Jr. is. <laughs> All right. Next question. If you had to pick a player on your team to dance battle the other team, like during a rain delay or something, this is a big battle, who would you send out there? A dance battle. Um Okay, well, I, so I don't. I haven't had enough time in the big leagues yet to give you a major league answer, but um, a minor league answer, Logan Porter. Okay. Logan Porter is one of the greatest dancers I've ever seen um, at some weddings where I just kind of sit in the corner and like sway back and forth like the typical guy who doesn't know how to dance. Um, but like Logan gets out there and him and Tyler Gentry are unbelievable together. So dang. Um, yeah, those two stand out. I'll I'll swing back to that uh, hopefully after this year when I when we have some uh, some more dance offs in the clubhouse. Yeah, please let us know. Yeah, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Yeah. Who on the team would be the best stand up comedian? <sighs> Unfortunately, I think oh, I know who it is too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vinny. Vinny, it's natural. Yeah, for sure, it's got to be him. Um, yeah. This one's my favorite question. I've never asked this one before. Most likely to be a contestant on Love Island. On Love Island. A contestant? Uh, so, I, you have to explain that show to me. I know Bachelor in Paradise, and I know Bachelor. So, uh, Love Island's like just like a little bit raunchier version of Bachelor <laughs> and Bachelorette, I would say. And you can pretend like all your teammates are single. Like, uh, who would be the best personality to put out there? Who would, who would be like Nate, a fan Nate favorite? Eaton. Nate Eaton. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, totally. I mean, if that guy took if that guy took his shirt off, he would be a fan favorite. (laughs) I love it. That's hilarious. Nate Eaton would be like shaking his head so hard right now if he heard you say that. Oh my god! (laughs) I'm gonna tell him I said it tomorrow. I can't wait. We'll post it. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, best singer on the team. Best singer. Uh, well, I can certainly say not myself. Um, best singer. Yeah, we don't we we haven't had many like sing offs, so that's another tough one. If I had to guess though, um, Doge can Doge can belt out some good like Texas country. So mm-hmm. I can you see know, that. I, I would I wouldn't mind listening to Doge or Doge sing uh sing some good country. I love it. 
All right. Well, wrapping up this podcast, Michael, what can Royals fans look forward to in the 2023 season? Uh, a million dollar question. Um, I, I think just a bunch of guys that, that uh, you know, really, really want to be there and, and are going to show a lot of energy and are going to play hard. Um, again, I, I think personally, and I think as a team, I, I think just trying to stay away from, from results and, and the end product and more so looking at how do we, how do we get to that end product and how do we create the end product? Because at the end of the day, that's, that's going to be what's sustainable for years to come. And so, um, you know, just, just a bunch of guys going out, playing for each other, playing hard, um, authentic guys being themselves. Uh, you're not going to get a bunch of fake energy and guys that don't want to be there. So, um, yeah, I, I, again, I think just, just energy is, is kind of the, the main theme. Uh, real energy though title of this podcast michael massey loves energy <laughs> kinetic energy i love it michael thank you so much for joining us today good luck at the rest of spring training good luck on friday as well first spring training game up with the with the rangers thank you so much michael yeah thank you good luck this season thank you guys appreciate you having me on hey heard at sports network production